0: Hello and welcome to Women on the Scene. I'm your host, Janet Pettigrew. Now, we all know sometimes we can have rainy day Mondays, but sometimes that moves into a drizzly Tuesday. Maybe it turns into a wet Wednesday, gloomy Thursday, and perhaps it's even a let's not even get out of bed Friday. Today, we're going to discuss mental health and some of those unique challenges that face women with a visual impairment and how this can impact on your everyday life so that hopefully your rainy day Monday doesn't drag on to a not-get-out-of-bed-Friday. Joining me today are clinical psychologist Davinia Lafoy and social worker Maria Clark. Hello, ladies. How are you? Good morning, Jeanette. Yes. I was just hoping that perhaps we can begin by introducing yourselves and giving us a little bit of a background uh, to yourself and the kind of work that you do as well. So perhaps, Davinia, you can begin by telling us all about you. Sure.
1: Um, So as Janet said, I'm Davinia Lafroy. I am a person with uh, a vision impairment. Um, I have cone rod dystrophy um, and I'm also a clinical psychologist. I work in a um, private practice and also with young people at Headspace. Thank you. And Maria, how Mm -hmm. about you? Uh, Good morning. Thanks for having
2: us on board this morning. Um, So, Maria is my name. I've been fortunate to work with visibility for a number of years here in our social work department. Um, I do also have uh, a vision impairment. Uh, I have uh, a condition called albinism, which you're born with, and so my vision has been um, impaired for all my life, Um, and. But I have had the the fortunate pleasure of working with a lot of people through my work here at visibility Thank you. Mm. Now we were
0: talking before about some of the issues that can affect women, or some of the the sort of broader range of um, conditions, I suppose, that can come under that large banner of, say, depression or just feeling a bit down. Um, are there issues do you think that affect women? With a, a visual impairment, more than men, that might impact on their mental health.
1: Yeah, well, I think um, I mean, obviously, both men and women suffer from uh, different mental health conditions to to different degrees, um, and women do tend to suffer a little more anxiety than men, um, and certainly, people with a disability tend to suffer. Um, more anxiety, particularly um, than people without a disability. So, if you're a, a woman with a disability, um, certainly you could well be predisposed to to um, to anxiety, particularly. Um, and then I guess with with depression, um, also there's a lot of of challenges that often come with with vision loss, as your listeners would know about, and that can really affect our mood quite significantly. Mm. So, for example, if you
0: think that you're suffering from, say, depression, when does that line get crossed between having mm. a kind of a bit of a, a bad day or a bad run or feeling a bit down to something that could really be clinically diagnosed, perhaps as depression?
2: Mm. Well, I think if it's persistent, mm-hmm. um, if you haven't really been able to to have a laugh or feel a little light about things for you know continuously for a
1: couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Mm, absolutely, yeah, those things. I guess and it's if, different. Mm. Yeah, when your mood starts to uh, impede your ability to do the things in your life that you need to do, which might be um, going to work, um, having a good sleep at night, mm. um, enjoying being around the people that you love. Mm. Um, the things that used to mm,
2: give you a bit of a smile that you're yes. sort of not really feeling that mm. Mm. Um, and haven't been feeling that for uh, you know some weeks. I think it's important mm-hmm. you do uh, you know go speak to your GP. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also, of course, Beyond Blue and 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 helplines, which which are great um, mm-hmm. to give a give a call.
1: Mm, and they're great services to help mm-hmm. clarify when, um, as you say, Janet, um, mm-hmm. you you feel like you may have crossed that line into um, a clinical disorder rather than mm-hmm. than having. Um, a a bad day or something like (laughs)
0: that. Yeah. Mm. You also mentioned anxiety as being an issue that affects women with Mm. um, a disability quite significantly, or particularly more than men, I suppose. Mm. Can you sort of talk around that a little bit, why that might be the case? And what are some of those uh, things that women might experience that you could Mm. term as anxiety?
1: Sure. Mm. Um, I think that sometimes women can struggle a little more with anxiety because sometimes women do feel a little more vulnerable in our community than than men do. That's a very general statement, of mm. course. And it's not to suggest that men can't suffer from anxiety, but women tend mm. to suffer a little more with that sense of, of vulnerability. Mm. I think often anxiety comes along as well with a sense of dependency and a loss of autonomy. And of course, those two things often do occur with people with vision loss or disability. Mm-hmm. Mm. May I
2: also mention, um, Jeanette, the difference also between perhaps um, situational, uh, reactive mood, you know, depression mm-hmm. um, and anxiety uh, and, and it's important to, you know, sometimes we will go through, you know, a reaction or, or a you know, to a change or a loss or and that's important mm. um, to acknowledge and it may not persist for the longer term but you still need to, treat, you know, and acknowledge that and and treat it, um, honour it, uh, look after yourself so then you can get through that. Mm. And so it doesn't, I guess, bloom into ongoing Mm. chronic depression. So you might
0: have a situation Mm. that you are pushed beyond your comfort zone or your boundaries Mm. a little Mm -hmm. bit and that produces that sense of anxiety, but Mm -hmm. it's not going to be a lasting Thing It's breaking out of perhaps a mm. uh, a comfort zone or being mm. placed in a situation that you might feel anxious mm. about, mm. but know that you can get through it and that won't mm. persist.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's how you work through that at that particular mm. point. So um, whether you access your supports, existing support services, mm. extend out to have more support in your life, talk it through with your friends or mm. family, whatever works mm. for you.
0: What would happen for example, if you're in a situation say um, you jump on public transport mm-hmm. and something happens you feel unsafe or mm-hmm. suddenly you feel disorientated and you're you're not sure where you are you mm-hmm. have some sort of a, a, an event mm-hmm. what can a person with that uh, with an impairment do visual impairment mm-hmm. do at that moment at that mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. to kind of centre themselves and gather themselves. Do you mm. have any hints or strategies
2: what mm. they could do? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, mindfulness is is really important there. Mm. Um, you know, bring your mind back to... Because what makes us quite anxious is is when our mind starts racing mm-hmm. um, ahead of ourselves and projecting into the future and, and worrying. And, and so I guess one way of just stemming that, I feel, mm. it right there and then is to... Um, Stop. Take your thoughts right back to here and now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here I am. I'm on the bus. I'm safe. I'm okay. You know, my bottom's on
1: the seat. Mm-hmm. I'm. It's a real grounding Mm-mm. in the moment. Do you have very any other, helpful? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I definitely think that's the first Mm. protocol. And I also think it's really helpful to have little ways that you can reassure yourself. So Mm. I guess after you've grounded yourself and Mm. and gone through that mindful process, which is really helpful, if you've got an app that, uh, one of those transport apps that can just confirm for Mm -hmm. you where you're at um, and that, yes, the train that you're on is going to stop at the station that you wanted to Mm -hmm. be on, Google Maps can be really reassuring as well, just to sort of um, if you use that, you can use that both with audio or also a magnification mm. on some um, phones. Also, asking people um, and developing that skill to sort of just check in with other people on the train or the bus, if you feel comfortable mm. doing that and getting a bit of reassurance that way.
2: Yeah. So yeah. So I. That's great. You know, centering so and breathing really helps too. Mm. So focusing on your breath, um, and that sort of helps. Recenter and ground, mm-hmm. and then yeah, increasing your supports around you. You know, okay, what mm. tools do I have right. at my expose at, at my disposable right mm. here and now, and and what supports do I have around me,
1: and just yeah, reassuring Absolutely. yourself. Breathing's really the first protocol for anybody mm. with anxiety. It's it's typically going to be the most useful tool that you have, and that's where you breathe very low into the bottom of your stomach and just um, make that breath just a lot slower um, mm. and really focus in on that. It's really helpful. And the more you can practice
2: that, um, the more you can make that more of your automatic mm-hmm. response rather than going into a panic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whatever the situation is right there and then, or or... Following or into the future in different Mm. situations, you find yourself. So, the more you can practice that grounding and breathing and reassurance of yourself and self talk, Mm -hmm. and then plan and that planning ahead of having your tools and being. So, if you find yourself again in feeling that way in another situation, hopefully you're a little more practiced Mm -hmm. and prepared. And so then your automatic response is rather than panic, it's... it's um,
0: yeah, I think if you nice. control the breath, you control the mind, which mm. then controls those emotions, you can start to mm. pull them back in and, mm-hmm. as you say, be grant- grounded mm. and, and centred.
2: Essential if you have children.
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, that was the other thing that we were speaking about (laughs) earlier, wasn't it? That you, uh, Marie, you mentioned that when people come to visibility, it's either because they've had a change in their eyesight Mm. or there's been a life change. And for you, you were speaking about when you became a parent for the first time Mm -hmm. and how that (laughs) certainly created a little bit of anxiety.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, and we talked certainly about, absolutely, the people that may tap into services like visibility and so forth. We, you know, we have a, a cross-section of the general population with with all of its colourful diversity. Which, so I guess even because you have a vision loss of some degree, doesn't mean you're then not immune to things like, um, you know, PND, postnatal depression, mm. for example, um, and so forth. But yeah, for me, um, what you're getting at there is um, the the change in in life. So. Uh, you know, we do. We all go through whether it's a vision loss that's changed or whether it's a life event. So you may have graduated from school, started a new job, moved house, or in my case was start a family. <laughs> oh, boy, there's nothing that makes you grow as much as having a child. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, yeah, so I guess um, being a very avid user of public transport and, and, and walking at high speed, um, you know, changed when I had a little bubble. I thought, oh, goodness, do I really want to take... <laughs> A pram on and a screaming baby onto a train. Bless a friend of mine who encouraged me and went with me sort of, uh, uh, yeah, so. Got you over that hurdle that did. had
0: built up in your mind of, <laughs> oh, my goodness, and so now I have to not look after me but look after this mm. other person as well.
2: So I guess that skill, you know, that skill set of, um, you know, keeping yourself, uh, you know, managing your your mood and rea- and your reactions situationally
1: or ongoingly, you know, that's a real skill mm. to develop. And I guess in your case, really communicating to your friend in this case that you could do with a hand around that and and that's a skill as well, being able to put it into words and ask for some help. Oh, she, she, she has a vision
2: in loss too and, mm. and she, was, she was quite experienced at it. So she was very reassuring mm. and said, uh, you know, guess what, we're going to go on the mm. <laughs> train next week. Oh, are we? Okay, yep, okay, let's do it.
0: <laughs> I think that leads through to that issue that some people can experience as well around social isolation. And if you've got a good support system around you mm. and people that are looking out for you and you can speak to, then that's great. But as you say, things can change. Having a child can take you away from you know some of the support that you might have had because your life changes Um, it might be as you say starting a new job or moving to a new location so what are some of the things or strategies that people can put in place if they feel that perhaps they don't have as strong a support network around them how do you break that bind of social isolation if you start to feel yourself becoming a little Mm. closed down
1: I think, I think today there are a lot of options for socializing, um, whether it be on the phone, texting your friends, social media use, um, going to a kind of organised groups, mm. um, incidental socialising just by being out and about in the community, and I think a person with vision loss or a person whose whose vision is um, gradually decreasing or even uh, decreasing quite quickly. Um, needs to think, you know, if they're experiencing social isolation and they want to overcome that, needs to think about which one or which of those options are going to work for them and really plugging into those. So it might be that they don't want to leave the house and that's okay if if they can still find a way to connect with people in another way. Mm. Uh, support networks are really, really crucial. There's actually
2: quite a lot I want to sort of share, um, mm. Janet, if that's all right. Mm. Um, Please do. In terms of, you know, maintaining your, you know, your your good mental health, it's all about maintaining your your good physical health too. Mm. So I think, you know, as a new parent, you know, sleep deprivation suddenly crops up and um, so sleep uh, and, and fresh air and... Exercise and good food and mm. um, those really good habits just can't estimate, underestimate the the importance uh, of those basic mm. good habits. Um, and connecting with people is is one of those really good habits. It's um, mm.
0: yeah, a web that you need to have. Together to have mm. that holistic sense of well being, isn't it? Like you say, mm. exercise, making sure that mm. you're you're keeping your body fit and active, mm-hmm. and that's going to improve your mental health as well as having good food, nurturing mm. your body, honouring your body and mm. all those kind of things. And I guess that revolves around that sense of self-worth. And sometimes mm. if people are in a, a state where they're not feeling great about themselves, they're not honouring mm-hmm. themselves and so you get into a bit of a, a spiral.
2: Mm-hmm. And and it takes you a little bit out of your own you know me 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 world mm-hmm. uh, you know when when you are connecting you know and having building good relationships mm-hmm. and networks you know to help each other out but you know that's that's good for your soul and and to take you out of your own meanness if mm-hmm. that make me meanness <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, laughs> that
0: makes sense it does um, we also talked a little bit before about how. Um, how you cope with the knowledge, say, if you have a degenerative condition, um, that there is going to be losses that are going to gradually or sometimes quickly occur. Mm how, where do you find your resilience or how do you cope with that knowledge that your identity as you have it is continually shifting and changing?
1: Mm. Well, I think it's it's just understanding that not only for yourself, but actually for all of us in society, identity does shift and change. We take on new roles as we, as mm. we age. And I think um, for some people finding out a lot about their prognosis is really helpful so they can sort of map out how their vision might change and, and ebb. And then for other people, it's quite different and they want to just sort of roll with it and see how things unfold for them, and that might be okay too. But I think really thinking through and noticing your feelings around that change, and talking about it as much as possible, perhaps with mm. with people who might be going through something similar. So finding a um, a group, perhaps through visibility or through other other networks, to to talk it through. Mm. I think in addition to that, or or complementary to that, um,
2: perhaps understanding that. There may be some uh, a grief mm. uh, reaction you're experiencing as a result as a reaction mm. to either experiencing vision loss or, or having some news that your vision may continue to change, mm. um, and and a grief uh, reaction to a loss. And the loss is also the idea of your health changing mm-hmm. or deteriorating. Um, you know, is quite appropriate mm-hmm. and quite. Um, Very normal, um, mm. and so learning how to grieve healthily <laughs> or constructively mm. is is an important skill mm. um, we need to develop and carry through our lifespan because there'll be plenty of times to mm. practice that skill or apply that through our life, whether it's about health or. You know the loss of uh, oh gee, I really wanted to buy that house that mm-hmm. I missed out on, or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, um, or you loss know relationships That's would be another example. Exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <it> first. Yes. <laughs> so how do you do that um, though?
0: How do you grieve
1: well? Mm-hmm. I think it's really um, it's it's unique to everybody, but mm-hmm. I guess a few examples would be. Um, expressing that emotion artistically, and for each person that could be different. Mm. Um but some people find it really helpful to listen to music that provokes those emotions and lets them process them and express them. Mm. or um, perhaps it's making something, um, mm. perhaps it's about connecting and talking about it. It could be seeing a counselor. Mm. Um, it could be oh, so many things. And it's about figuring out how do I live without mm-hmm.
2: the whatever I've lost. And there's a practical component to that, and I don't know that I've answered your previous question, Janet, about you know how do you connect with with services, so maybe you would no connect. we'll get there, but <laughs> um you know how you know figuring out the you know, firstly, there's, there's like you're saying, honouring that emotion and, and allowing that mm. to be expressed in a safe way. Because um, if you're, you know, if, you've, if you're sad about something, you're allowed to be sad. Mm. You know, you're allowed to cry. You know, it's okay. Um, you need to honour that for you. That's what I mean by when I say honour that for yourself. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in a angry mood, I want to feel angry, Mm -hmm. (laughs) whatever it is. Um, So honour that firstly but then, um, you know, it's about, um, okay, well let's get a little also a bit practical here and Mm -hmm. and how do I, and that's where you're saying Divinia, about, you know, connect with a counsellor perhaps or speak to Mm -hmm. someone that can maybe help you figure out, okay, you know, uh, what do I need to do differently, right, my transport's going to look a bit differently, it's not Mm -hmm. that I can't get out and about anymore because I can't drive myself, for example, just as an example, um, I can, but that might look quite different. What mm. could that look like? Would it look like trans, public transport? Would it look like um, using um, hack transport? Would mm. look like, you know, in a combination of... Um, so, you know, that pendulum swinging between that, allowing yourself to feel the sadness, and but then hopefully each day swinging the other way mm. and that you're... Um, you can see the hope Mm. and that, okay, this is what I think the future will, you know, living without Mm. the whatever loss will look like. Um, And so as long as you're swinging towards the hope more and more each day, you're going down the right track. Um, So yeah, that daily sort of Grief can can come up and it's okay, just keep moving through it, mm. keep moving through it.
1: What I notice mm. with um, some clients that I've seen with vision loss is um, that they come in sort of wanting to, yes, go through that grieving process, but then stop grieving and then move on. Mm. And I think what... Um, what perhaps could be more helpful is for people to kind of revisit that grieving process when they need to mm. and 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 as maria was saying go through those emotions if you're angry, be angry, feel angry, and then and then kind of move on in those sort of micro ways, mm. um, but not to feel that that's just going to be finished and done mm.
0: you have to kind of revisit mm. it. It is a mm. process and mm. it can be an ongoing process. Yes. And often it's not about getting over. I think it's accepting mm. that mm-hmm. there is a change mm-hmm. and it's that acceptance, not necessarily going, oh, well, tick that box and mm-hmm. move on. Yeah.
2: No, yeah. And, and you know, you're allowed to sort of think, well, I... <laughs> You know, I've lost that. Once mm. I had it, it's different yeah. now. Mm. And 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 there is life that looks different. Mm.
0: Yeah, you know. And it's not necessarily worse life. It's just a different life. Mm. And That's right. it's yeah, accepting mm-hmm. that as a different. Mm. I was talking a little bit uh, earlier as well about um, a friend of mine who was assisting her friend who has a visual impairment and. Um, Her friend had planted parsley and some herbs in her garden and my sighted friend um, went out and placed little stones just around the seedlings of the parsley and the basil and said to her friend, look, I've just done that, I hope you don't mind, but it means I just thought perhaps when you're out in the garden and you want to weed it, then you'll know which are the herbs and which are the weeds because the herbs are circled in these little stones and perhaps when you go out to pick them for your cooking, you'll you know be easier to identify. And um, her friend was really touched by that. And it's a lovely story, but it also sort of pointed out to me as well, one of those things where letting go of a little bit of independence, allowing someone to help mm. you in a small way, mm. has actually given her more independence in a way because now she has, mm. you know, an idea of a different system that can help her, mm. um, yeah, be more active in mm. the garden and confident, you know, picking mm. things and so on. So I just wanted to talk around that sort of mm. issue, I suppose, of where do you let go to gain? Mm. And how do you
2: go about doing that, or how do you feel comfortable mm. doing that? Do you have any ideas? And something that struck me about that story, Jenna, is is her your friend's reaction her positive reaction—and that sort of gratitude. And, and mm. it made me think about, you know, gratitude as as a, a essential ingredient in good mental health. Mm. You know, viewing the world through that those lenses of, you know, what are we grateful for in, in, on a daily and basis? Um, Absolutely, but. but Getting back to your question, um, how do you let go of... How do you let go to gain? To gain. Um, Well, maybe, you know, that as a mindset might help, you know. Mm. Um, Okay, what am I grateful for? Um, uh, You know, I was... I often will say to people I'm a real fan with, with multiple solutions and when we're getting solution focused and you know, moving forward to, you know, how do we live without or how do we live with um, our circumstances and, and um, so multiple solutions, for example, for accessing information or transport mm. and sort of um, exploring and chatting to, you know, something we do in social work a lot is, is linking people with services can um, certainly mm. Have that kind of conversation.
1: Yeah. I guess I guess the other yeah. thing is just Jenna, as as you made that point, letting, letting go of a little bit of independence to get a lot more. And an example um of mine springs. I think one one thing I find that people with vision loss often find really difficult as those really practical things when they're out and about, like how are they gonna find the bathroom? So that's that's often, um, well not often, but, but sometimes a real stumbling block because it's, you know, something that we're, we're all going to need it, at different times. Mm. Um, and so that might actually stop someone from, say, going out for dinner with their friends. But if you can find a way to ask one of your sighted friends, oh, when we get there, can you show me where the bathroom is? Mm. That might potentially take two minutes, mm. um, but you're still going to be able to enjoy a whole evening of, of going out if that's something that you want to do. So it's, Letting go of that bit of independence to to just have a whole and, experience,
2: and that that reminds me too, Divinia, of um, when I was a student on on placement, um, mm. social work student at uni, and then and it, my supervisor at the time had really reframed for me because um, I've never driven a car, and mm. and she said to me, look, Maria whenever a colleague or someone offers you a ride, Mm. always say yes because it gives you a chance to connect with them. So I thought, oh, it's not Mm. about me getting myself around independently and, Mm. you know, uh, having to ask for a ride. No, and she really reframed that for me, never Mm. forgotten that. And so then you're approaching the situation with quite a different Mm. mindset. So it's actually became an opportunity
1: for you Mm. and for your colleague rather than you being helped (laughs) um, and feeling quite dependent
2: yes mm. instead it became about the you know grabbing a lift with people became mm. about relationship building yes just quite a different mindset that's wonderful mm. that's
1: great and they might actually quite enjoy giving you a lift as well there oh, is yes. that other side where sometimes people are um, quite Quite like helping people out, so we can give them a little buzz as well, and also get to where we need to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned earlier in the the podcast about some of the organisations that people might be able to connect with. Um, can we just go over those again, and perhaps also is there a way of them um, getting that list? Perhaps if they visit uh, or get in contact with the Visibility, or or what are some of the key agencies again that people? can access if they feel that they need some assistance?
2: Yeah. Look, I think always remember that a good GP is is a very important part of your medical team. Mm -hmm. You know, you can access certainly counselling services through uh, Medicare, funded through Mm -hmm. Medicare that that way, through your mental health plan. So that's, I think, one key thing not to
1: forget. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And having a GP that you can talk to, mm -hmm. I think, as well. So that might be um, shopping around Mm -hmm. and then finding someone you can really... And, and, and support with. part of that process is also to you know sometimes,
2: particularly for women, you know, if your iron level like something organic in your body, if your iron levels really low, mm. it's going to be a struggle to get through your day, mm. Your energy's going to be really low. You're gonna it's going to leave you with a low mood. For it. So you want to kind of cross those things off mm. first, and just double check that you know a nice iron infusion ain't going to help you. Back mm. up, for example, you know that's one thing just to check off. Mm. But. um yeah, and then the the, the phone lines mm-hmm. really important, you know. Like, so that'd be Lifeline, mm, um, Beyond Blue. Um, but there's also specific phone lines, you know, if you do sort of looking at, you know, alcohol and drug issues and mm-hmm. so forth. So there are um, emergency crisis lines. Um, certainly the, we have a couple of social workers ex- here at Visibility um, can certainly chat to um, and help you link through for, and talk about what other... We talk a lot about also your support services, who mm-hmm. have you got at the moment and, and what could be added to it, whether you've got NDIS funding or whether you, we can look at um, other support services in a practical
1: sense. Mm-hmm. Um I guess for young people, Headspace is a mm. is a really nice um, place to connect with, and and they're very good at um, connecting you with other services more relevant potentially. Mm. So that's a, and there are um, also specific mental health services
2: you know um, that, that are not specific for under twenty. 20- Twenty, twenty-four. Twenty-four mm. for your headspace. Mm. Um, so that's a really good point is is all the others. Uh, there's quite a plethora of specific mental health services, whether it be um, RUA or, mm-hmm. or so forth. So fantastic. Yeah, get connected. I think once you start connecting with one service, the idea hopefully is that, that um, we help you navigate mm. some of the others.
0: Thank you. So I guess the take-home message for people who are listening is that Please don't suffer alone. Nobody wants you suffering in silence, that you're, you're certainly, um, you know, you're an important and valuable person in our community. And if things are difficult, then it's important that you reach out in some of the ways that we've discussed today. So Davinia and Maria, thank you so much for being a part of this really important conversation. I know we've only just scratched the surface of it, but hopefully from sharing of your experiences and knowledge and expertise, people have found a few things there that might point them in the right direction if they're suffering. I'm Janet Pettigrew, and you've been listening to Women on the Scene, a podcast specifically for women with a visual impairment. And if you need more information, please contact any of those organisations that the ladies mentioned before, or perhaps even Visibility, if you need to get pointed in the right direction on nine three double one 8202. Thanks very much, and we look forward to joining you in the conversation next time.
2: This podcast was edited by Oliver Thompson.